At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, -da 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 -da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Yes, it does. Hey. And we're just a couple days from the Super Bowl. How about the Browns last night? Woo. They don't make it to the Super Bowl, but when we're up for awards, oh, they oh. win them. Wow. Four a, for four last night. A friend of mine texted me. This was a funny line. He said, that was the best night for Cleveland football since the movie Draft Day. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably Boy. not wrong. That, that was impressive. I mean, yeah. it was one after another. After The yeah. one that most surprised me was Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about all of them coming yeah. up in just a little bit. But, wow, we do 90 minutes today. We're going to flip it to 30 minutes on WKYC, as Mikey McNuggets likes to call it, never-before-seen Browns content. Yep. But I think we're going to talk about other things this week in that Absolutely. Cavs show. and Guardians. Cavs and Guardians? Like, yeah. here we go. What? By the here way, guys, really quick, and they will all come up later when we talk about these subjects, but I have a record six people that are out of pocket right now in the last 24 hours. You wow. ready? Okay. Let's hear it. WKYC's Austin Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that a little bit. Earl the Pearl. Okay. Earl the Pearl doesn't even know why he's out of pocket yet, but he is. TJ Watt. Okay. Yeah, Mark, I, I agree with that. Mark Schwab, who's another sports guy in town. Schwabby, right? Schwabby, love right. Schwabby, but he's out of pocket. Jets fans are out of pocket. And Madonna's out of pocket. All coming up later. What I'll time did Madonna it. take the stage last night? That's why she's out of pocket. I so joke you're talking last about right night. It was ten, Steve was there. What? Steve, ten, you ten. went? Yeah. Had no idea you were a Madonna ten, fan. Ten, ten. I mean, love so, you, Madonna. So ten, it's funny ten. because when we, Mike Polk was live outside for our 5 o'clock show last night. Yeah. And I, I said, showtime is like, whatever, two hours away, whatever. And I said, or not. Because Madonna is just famous for dumping on her fans. I, I can't believe they all still continue to show up. It's crazy. Packed house, right, Steve? He said and packed he, house sold out. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. I, the one thing that drives me absolutely, 20 minutes is fine. Yeah, 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 sure. Two and a half hours, you're out of pocket. That's completely out of pocket. Madonna, out of pocket. Amen. Out of pocket. <laughs> Thought she did have naked women on stage, so she gets a little boost back for that. Doesn't she always? Doesn't <laughs> she always? Wow, I didn't know Steve was a Madonna guy. <laughs> that shocked Steve, me yesterday. Can I tell you all the backstory of this? No. Yeah. Anthony's friend, Maddie. Yeah, I could say her name, right? Yeah, Maddie. Well, you just helps did. It, yeah, helps get tickets. So Steve was like, Anthony, when Maddie gets the pre-sale code, I need this Madonna ticket pre-sale code, like, ASAP. Steve, wow. I don't know if he's ever been more excited to go to a Madonna show than I've seen Steve in the year and a half I've known Steve Who now. Known he's a Giant Madonna girl. fan. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Bo, uh, G? I said, who would have known he was a material girl? 
It's crazy. That's crazy. Steve got a lot of. He got a lot of. He's a renaissance he, man. He, 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 people think I'll hey, be doing a lot of stuff. You like you like that, Steve? Be doing a lot of yeah. stuff. You have no clue where oh, you like. Gee, it. I just yeah. noticed the haircut. Oh, you like right? that? He's sharp as a tack. You, you like that, man? You know. So shout out to Jason, man. Shout out to Jason and he Lakewood. He hooked you up. Yeah, that's cool. Tyvis, he said, come see him. See how that's razored up. And so shout out to uh, my, my, my guy, Jason and Lakewood. Phenomenal barbershop. Of course, the barber has to have a barbershop he goes to. Shout out to him. Right. You know, really, it sounds like it should be a sponsor. I, 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 I mean, it sounds hey, it like a match made well, in heaven. Jason's the barber you did your first barbershop at where I met Earl for the that first time before, right? Is that the same place? Yeah. So, yeah Jason's cool. a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Have you? How many shows have you done from there? Do you know? Uh, Three. Three. So he's yeah. kind of like the de facto sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does. He, you know, I, I run some things. I run a, a couple of little things on my own stream. You know what I'm saying? Shot him out. So, right. You know, he got, a, he got a nice little shot, man. And by the way, best thing I like about it, family friendly. You take your kids. That's awesome. No crazy music. Yeah. You know, it's diverse. They got but a it. lot of good sports talk, I bet. Oh, see, I, I went in there yesterday. We was talking all about G. Bush. Is they moving the team? Is they moving? They yeah. buying land up? What's, I said, I wasn't on the show today. <laughs> we got it was tap funny in. to me how the younger people that didn't live through the Modell move mm -hmm. were up in arms about this. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yo. They're not going to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, right. They're going to Brook Park. Their heart was hurt. Like they, but a lot of people want that thing right where it's at. Like they want it on the I water. They want to walk down there. They want to drunk. They get drunk from West Six and stumble down there. And the I get it. And 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 here's the big thing: the Muni lot is no longer the Muni lot. If that no, happened. no, it's not. No, it's, it's gone. It's that over. is a part of like. Brown's people's history. lives. Here's the thing: uh, we had a big conversation about this yesterday. Even if they move. There will be, and this is why he wants to move it to a place that you can do this. It will be Brown's town. Yeah. Wherever it goes, whether it's Brook Park, Independence, it doesn't matter. The reason for this move and the reason that there were 175 acres involved in the buy is because it's going to be like SoFi, which has become football town in Los Angeles. It's just not, it's not, the days are gone where you just drop a stadium and a parking lot around it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. There will be yeah. residential around it. Mm. There will be certainly commercial, retail, restaurants. It will be an experience that you'll go yeah. to more than eight times a it's year. It's not like there's nothing, like there's much there right now in that right. area. I mean, there's nothing I mean, there. So There's nothing. There's yeah. a football field and a lot of concrete. So, yeah. miss, so Mr. and Ms. Nuggets. That's a prime time for real estate. You know, uh, McNuggets got to be around around the action. He's he's two steps away now. You're moving to Brook Park anytime soon. <laughs> I very much like the ability to walk down to the Muni lot, shoot my video, and yes. walk back. Like Loves that it. is that is clutch. So if we're gonna continue doing Muni lot or X IX Center lot, whatever you well, want, it'll be convenient though. Like the the thing of it is, a lot of people are kind of bemoaning the fact that it's not going to be downtown. There are a lot of people that well, don't, we don't like know the fact that, that it is. Down, yeah, we yeah, don't know that. And even if it don't happens, we're talking five, six, seven years. Uh, I missed a conversation yesterday right. where you guys basically, the talk upstairs was, he's using this as a crowbar for leverage Yeah, for we the talked city. about that. Yes. Um, I think this is a game of chicken, though. He's willing to not blink. Like, I think he would be just fine if he had to build his own compound because you talk about revenue streams. Now you're not using it eight days a year. Mm -hmm. You're using it 150 days a year. Mm -hmm. you're, you're bringing everything right, and right, anything right. well we need know. a roof you got to have a roof oh it will absolutely yeah. be dull yeah, sure right, right, right. but then the uh, home and garden show which is a 10-day uh, event right that goes there
Political uh, conventions. Political conventions, the yeah. car shows, so, so, everything, the RV shows, the boat shows, so our, concerts, year-round. So what the heck are they going to do with the IX Center then? Well, it's pretty much a dinosaur now. Yeah, like I mean, that's it, done, it's out of yep. here. And, and, and the reason it would be a double whammy for the city is I believe the city owns and operates that. Yeah. Um, so that would be another gut punch to the city. Look, it's simple. The Haslam's, it looks like, will put up a billion. They want a billion in, in free money. Um, which is outrageous. Which but, is outrageous. But it's also what normally happens, unfortunately. It is what happens. Yeah. It just comes down to whether or not voters are okay yeah. with subsidizing a billionaire's toy. Because that's ultimately right, what it comes right, down right. to. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how it all yeah. plays out. lot to get to on the show today. McNuggets, what's going on? What's up, guys? I am very excited to talk a little Cavs. we got Chris Broussard coming up in a sec. We have a Josh Cribbs conversation that we added late, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to any of that, a quick word from FanDuel. It is officially Super Bowl weekend. And yes, I count Friday as part of Super Bowl weekend. To all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, if you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season with one W, but hopefully two, three, four, many, many more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And the best part? New customers who join today get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And today's winning ticket comes from our guy, Eddie, who turned 10 bucks into a nice chain. This was from the Kings game on Monday night, but he hit a six-part same-game parlay, made 50 bucks on a $10 bet. And shout-out to Eddie for a winning ticket. If you have a winning Super Bowl ticket, Make sure you send it in to us on Twitter, email it to us, and we hope to feature a ton of FanDuel tickets over the next week from you guys. Some big ones over the weekend. We're going to complete our FanDuel same-game parlay coming up later in the show. We're already at 9-to-1 odds. We're going to pick a FanDuel special today that's going to get us into the 20 or more-to-1 odds. We were able to find consensus Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday then. Close enough consensus, Mm -hmm. yes. Very good. Took some time, especially on Wednesday, I feel like. Were there filibusters? Was anybody a holdout, anything like that? No, I think on Wednesday we were talking about um, was we'll, it? Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it when you see them all. We'll yeah, yeah, okay. we'll all. Also, we're giving our Super Bowl predictions. Yes, and yeah. our headlines coming up in the thirty-minute show. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into our content, I have to ask you because you you were, you're very excited about this. You were talking about it before the show. Yeah, fifteen days. The countdown is on. Oh my God! I'm so my you know my wife and I have not gone away, and some people could can't afford to go away at all. So sure. I, I, I appreciate. But we haven't gone away since pre-COVID, pre-cancer for my wife, and it's been a while. And this is the this is the longest vacation I've ever taken besides my honeymoon. So I'm wow. going away for nine days. I'm oh. so excited. And you've already checked the weather. I've I love that. The, <laughs> I'm like, I know it's 15 days ahead. And obviously, the forecast can change big time. But I cannot wait. I'm, we're going to Florida. We're just we 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 uh, us and another family. Got an Airbnb. It's like a four-bedroom house. Nice. There's a giant pool. We're right on the on the oh. Gulf of Mexico. Will you do a Phillies game while you're down there? We we're di- we're either going to do Philly. We haven't bought the tickets yet, Jays. but either Phillies, Blue Jays, or or the Yankees. But the Very Yankees good. are probably be the hardest tickets to get of the yeah. three. But we are going to go. I'm going to take all awesome. the kids, and uh, so it's going to be four adults, four kids. 
I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I am literally counting the days. And my son's been sick. He's missed a lot of school the oh last boy. two weeks. So I'm like, he'll be over it. You know, It'll be gone. I just need it's everybody to be away. healthy. Uh, I will tell you from living in Florida five years, the yeah. weather in February and March is very reliable. It's oh, not yeah. like, you know, late summer where you just yeah. don't know. You'll be in the 70s, 75s, a lot of sunshine. Oh. Uh, go enjoy yourself. Thank you. You and your wife and your family, your whole family. Aaron, yeah. too. They, they all deserve Ugh, it. All right, Mike. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns sweeping their four categories in the NFL honors last night. Miles Garrett, your 2023 Defensive Player of the Year. Kevin Stefanski is now a two-time Coach of the Year. Jim Schwartz, the Assistant Coach of the Year. And Joe Flacco beat out Damar Hamlin for the Comeback Player of the Year award. Yesterday in overtime, I asked the guys, over-under one-and-a-half award winners for the Browns. Jason and Bull both took the over. Obviously, four for four hits. So how surprised are you that the Browns pulled off the clean sweep in the NFL awards? I mean, I'm only surprised because I didn't think Flacco would win. I, I have too. I mean, I, I, the assistant coach of the year, I didn't have any feel for that. So, But, I, you know, you thought he had a good chance. I assumed Stefanski and Miles Garrett were going to win at this point. But I was stunned that Joe Flacco won because I thought people, as a lot of people did, would vote for DeMar Hamlin. We've talked about this. I think voting for DeMar Hamlin is ridiculous. And it's no offense so did, to him. So did six or seven other yeah, voters. Right. I mean, it's listen, we understand. Give him an award for something else. But he didn't come back because he didn't play. He came back from yeah. death. I get it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's his biggest comeback he yes, can make. But he didn't huh. play. Yeah. I w- but, but even without DeMar Hamlin, I would have assumed that both Baker and Stafford would have finished ahead of Flacco, but it didn't happen. Yeah, his story was so remarkable. I, yeah. th- I think the fact that he was just out of the game completely. It's not like he was injured last year right. and came back. The guy spent two-thirds of the season watching from his living room. The reason I, th- I think they got this right, ultimately, um, I think they missed an opportunity to do a big emotional five-minute award feature and at the end of it, announced that each year from this day forward, there will be a DeMar Hamlin Courage Award winner. Right. I, I, like I think that. the league missed a huge opportunity. I like that. And this is a league that, from a marketing standpoint, misses very little. Yeah, that's true. But I just felt like the crowd wanted desperately to give him the standing ovation that he deserved. Sure, yeah, and yeah. And I felt badly that he never got that opportunity. Yeah, that was weird. They, they did, you know, you saw a little brief snippet. But yeah. the emotion of a player dying on the field, that's what is in the back of every player's mind. Of that course. can happen. Yeah. And so I thought they missed that opportunity. But I think at the end, they got it right. The, the award is comeback player right. of the year. And obviously, there was a comeback involved for Joe. He was certainly a player. Um, the same can be said for all the other guys on the list. They came back from things last year, either injuries or, in Baker's case, you know, being dealt like a, like a banana peel all over the league. Um, so I was glad that Flacco won. Uh, I just think they missed an opportunity to honor DeMar Hamlin forever moving forward. Yeah, this is, uh, this is very interesting seeing that it's, it's political season now. I'm a very, I'm all, all over, you know, into politics and people think that's a nasty little word. Um, politics to me is just, um, likability. Um, and when you look at this story and the way things set up with narratives, and you listen, uh, Joe Flacco could have been Ron DeSantis' uh, you know, campaign manager. He should have been like, this is the way you do it. Guys like you, when they like you, you could put up some numbers. And it's all about the narrative and the feel-good story. If you look at Joe Flacco, he came back from sitting at home 
and came and just dropped dimes. And this year, the Browns um, went from a team that a lot of people didn't like uh, in, the, in the preseason to mm-hmm. all of a sudden a very likable team. Uh, we, we were arguing back and forth with the national media about, you know, pe- people were saying from Brady Quinn to, to guys uh, on the NFL Network, people saying the Browns just on a likable team because Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. Deshaun Watson goes down. The Browns still have a great defense. And now you put in Joe Flacco, who is a guy who has a completely different image than Deshaun Watson sure. and is playing well. So now that looks like, you know, wow, this guy, this guy really came out of nowhere. Then you have to take in consideration and say, okay, well, Stefanski was already going to be a coach of the year candidate, but you, you mix him and Flacco together. I knew those two were going to win off top. Now, Miles Garrett, I thought that was going to be a little shaky because of the way the season ended. And whether we like it or not, we put a lot of we put a lot of pressure on Miles Garrett for the entire defense. If defense plays well, he gets the credit. He's almost like he's so popular. He's almost like a quarterback. If if the defense plays well, yeah. he's going to get the credit. If they don't, he's not. And I think that Miles Garrett is the is the beneficiary of that that type feeling. The Browns defense was great. Um, throughout the regular season. So as a quarterback, you're going to get that uh, credit for that, especially the way they looked last year. So I, I thought he was going to win it. And then finally, uh, it just goes in tandems. If Miles Garrett is the, is the defensive player of the year and you look at what the Browns did under Joe Woods, who's the coach that got Miles Garrett in the defense look great now this year? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Jim Short. So um, I, I didn't know they would sweep it, but I thought each of them had a really, really, really good opportunity to win it, and um, I'm happy for them. If you look at I, the, what was interesting, and here comes one of the my aforementioned uh, out-of-pocket people. If you look at the response to the Defensive Player of the Year from both the guys who finished second and third, we have both of those tweets, right, right, Mike? Yeah, this is first from T.J. Watt. Yeah, so this let's is T.J. Watt. Watt. Now, which, by the way, the award show did not start till 9 p.m. Right. This tweet came out at 8.12 so yeah. TJ was clearly tipped off by his agent. He told it at, uh, tweeted at 8.12 p.m. Nothing I'm not used to, which sparked a lot of online debate. Right. After the award was announced, Miles announced the winner. Micah Parsons came in third. Micah Parsons tweeted this out. Now he was resp- Hold on, Mike. I think we got to set, set well, it up I was going to say, little. he's responding to a Steelers fan who put the numbers, the pure numbers of Miles next to TJ Watt saying TJ got robbed, to which Micah quote tweeted, and said, horrible take, Miles was the better player, reality of the situation. Miles faced way more double teams and effect on QBs. Fans, please stop looking at stats and f- look at the film, please. Love that. Yeah, I mean, if, if Micah Parsons is saying Miles Garrett should win, I, I, I'm going to go with him on that. He seems to I pay. think it showed great class from Very, Micah Parsons. Yeah. The disappointing thing to me was, and I don't know, I don't look at Twitter, I didn't yeah. see his feed. Did T.J. Watt afterwards at least congratulate Miles Garrett? I don't think nope. so. Okay, so number one, he did a huge disservice to the NFL, yep. to Miles Garrett stealing his moment, mm-hmm. and to the fans. You you killed the drama. Yeah. The second that tweet went out and NFL fans saw it, they knew exactly what it meant. Right. I, I'm really, not only am I disappointed, I'm surprised. I didn't know T.J. Watt was that guy. That was a classless thing to do. But when yeah. people tell you who they are, listen. And that was a classless move. Yeah. Um, and I get it. If you just looked at those numbers, you would say, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he wins on every metric. But I love Micah Parsons' tweet 
because we've learned at certain positions, it is not only is it not about the numbers, you almost have to just weigh the numbers with a grain of salt. It is the film. It is the double takes. It is the effect on quarterbacks. Look, I thought TJ had a great year, and I thought the voters got it right. It was very close. Yeah. But for him to air his sour grapes and to spoil the award before it was announced, bad job on has, TJ has, has he won a defensive player of the year award? Yeah. He has. I, you know, sometimes, listen, you know, awards are funny, man. Like, uh, if you want to see adults act bad, just put a name on a trophy and say the winner gets this trophy. You'll see people go crazy. I'd see people fighting bowling leagues. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dang, you wanted that trophy? That? But I will say this, man. Um, you know, when you look at the awards, and there's a – I think Miles Garrett winning this award, I think this will do something to him. Like, now that he's won it um, – I think that he'll start to think about other things. Man, I thought the same thing last night. I said, now he can move his preseason focus, saying, I want to be defensive player of the year. Now, and I think he even alluded to this at the end of his speech, now he can think about team-oriented awards. Not that he wasn't before, but I didn't like that he talked about individual awards before the season. Because, you know, I can understand why he did so, because the Browns, if you were on the Browns teams during the time that he's been here, you just, you, the only thing you could look forward to was individual That's awards. That's true. It wasn't like you but were not going recently. to play. Not, so recently, you know, they've had some pretty good teams. My hope is, you know, and I, I know he'll do it because if you go watch and how he takes care of his body is 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 world renowned. I want to see him go in and, and talk to his people and say, okay, how can I, how can I hit my peak in November? How can I? How can I hit sure. my physicality? Or, how can or, I stay or, healthy? Forget that December. I yeah, want no, him at his best yeah, when the playoffs. Yeah, roll like around. he want. I want to get better as the season goes along, and I think he'll put his body through some yeah. some different training to get there. Can you do that? Like like it's more like training for a marathon than a sprint. Yeah, it is, uh, and he has he has the connections. I, I know a couple of people that look like that. LeBron James is one. LeBron James is able to give you in the playoffs. LeBron can still give you turn back the tables and get turn back the time and give you 30 and yeah. 8 and 9 and, and still carry a team 40 minutes. Is that the, because of how he takes care it's of his body? Because, because of the way he, t- he goes about it. Like, you know, Tom Brady is another one. Tom Brady ain't had sugar since 1972 or something <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. You know how I mean, hard that is? That's, yeah, trust that's me. That's the final hill to climb for Miles Garrett is to be as great guy. at the end of the year as he is for oh. the rest of the year. That, that's it. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I love that he said this. he took a line from LeBron. Cleveland, this one's for you. That's right. Um, obviously, that's not the trophy Cleveland wants. Cleveland Definitely wants not. the Lombardi trophy. Right. And he did make mention that bigger things to come or whatever his last line was before I walked up. By the way, two things on the dress. Number one, Miles Garrett. Killed it with the white suit and white shoes. Yeah, that was crazy. He gets my award for best dress of the night. Can we put the shot of Jim Schwartz back up? I yes. hate to delineate by color, but Jim Schwartz, clearly the best West, best dressed white dude in the building. Really? I, like I don't even remember I, what he looked like. He's got a real sense of style, guys. <laughs> he's got the check blue and black blazer. The salt and with, pepper. The, with the perfect pocket square. That jacket was cut by two tailors. It yeah. fits so perfectly. He got the glasses on. He's That's GQ, a, man. He'd be doing it up, man. Did Stefanski come in a flannel? What did Stefanski have on? Yeah. He Stefanski was in his pajamas. Did not show up. He didn't show up. Yeah, that's crazy. And how about the actor? I can't think of his name. <laughs> what? Steven, Steven Stefanski? Which it turns out he has a cousin named Steven, oh. ironically. Oh. Steven Stefanski does exist, and he joked about that. But both yeah. He's not the yes. coach of the year. Yeah, he but, was not there. But speaking of coach of the year, can you first, before you put up that tweet I sent you, Mike, 
Can you first put up the voting totals for the coach of the year? Steve, take one, five, four. Oh, yeah, those four. were interesting. So it was very close, right? In fact, I, uh, D'Amico Ryans, did, they, they tied in points, right? They both got exactly. exactly right. Stefanski had more first place, more first place votes. Stefanski so he, had 21 first place votes. D'Amico yeah. Ryans had 20. It was literally one first place vote wow. that gave Stefanski the edge. And I think we all agreed at the end of the year that it really was a toss-up between the two guys. I was surprised Campbell was such a distant third. Only yeah, because the Lions had higher expectations, right? That, I, I that's, guess. What, that's just what but this hell, is all I had, about. I hoped for the Browns, too. Right. I mean, I honestly thought that this, and Jimmy did too. Jimmy Donovan did a piece yesterday. He thought Stefanski should be, but he thought that Ryan's would be. Right. Mm-hmm. And so did I. But, but ultimately, it's not the best coach. It's the best coach with team without expectations. I think it's the, Andy it's Reed's the guy the best that coach. did the best coaching job yeah. with the talent he had and the circumstances he had. And I think in Stefanski, right. it was clearly the circumstances. If you would have in a vacuum said, before the season, the Browns are going to go 11-6 and six and Stefanski's going to get the coach of the year. You would have said, why? Yeah, well. But because of the circumstances. It, it all factors in. But clearly, it was, a, it was a, at, at the very least, a, a very debatable thing between him and D'Amico Ryan. I agree. Which leads me to our next person that's out of pocket. <laughs> and that's my friend Mark Schwab. He put up this tweet after the, this morning. The Texans won games with one of the greatest passing seasons ever by a rookie. The Browns had to beat the Niners and others with P.J. Walker, DTR, and the, cla- and the corpse of Joe Flacco. But, yes, the fans, he was just, Have we gotten to the point where we're now going to complain about a close win? Come on, yeah, Schwabby. I know. It's- Schwabby. Uh, you can't. That's unfair. Nope. Even with the injuries. The Texans were supposed to be the worst team in the league. Facts. And, yes, C.J. Stroud did a great job. But he was a rookie, and the coaching staff, and I know the head coach is a defensive guy, but the coaching staff has to be given credit for not only the quarterback playing great, the whole team played great. A team that nobody thought was any good. Again, again, I'll throw out this. The reason why Stefanski is uh, coach of the year is because of where the Browns started. We, We talked about during the beginning of the year, everyone hated the Browns. Nobody liked the Browns. Nobody wanted to even say the Browns' names. Right, but they did have expectations. They had, yes, they yes. had some expectations, but those expectations were people rooting against the Browns doing anything. Right, but people in the beginning of the year, there, there were, were teams that had the, the Browns picked to win the division. Right, whereas Houston was the a, Texans were picked to win four games. That's and, right. You know, so then well, you got to take a look at this. Then on national TV, one of the most beloved players in the league gets hurt for the rest of the season. Right. So when you hit you, when you get dealt with that blow, it's like whoa. And then your quarterback, who had not been uh, stellar up to that point, he plays against the Ravens. You think they turn in a corner. Here we go. He's out for the year. Listen, we know all the reasons Stefanski won. I'm not – I was saying all year I thought Stefanski should win. Yeah. It's just to say that D'Amico Ryans didn't have an also a very compelling case yeah, he had a, he had a really, is definitely he had a, unfair. He had a, you know, nice year. When you consider nice – one of the things that was kind of hard for me last night watching was to watch the Texans with some of our draft capital – win the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. Right. Uh, Their coach was in the running for coach of the year. I don't know if C.J. Stroud got MVP votes. He was mentioned as a long shot. I don't think he got any votes that I saw. Lamar Jackson got 49 of 50 first place votes. And and I thought that was appropriate. I thought they slam dunk got that right. It was funny, too. I thought yesterday when Jim did his piece on who was going to win, I thought I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won all four. I won't be surprised if they don't win any of them. I, I don't think Man, anybody was, was a slam dunk. Yeah. Like, 
For me, the MVP was a fait accompli. Yeah. I had no doubt right. Lamar was and should win it running away. Yeah. But I didn't really feel as strongly on any of the four. I thought because of the way Miles Garrett finished the season mm-hmm. and because of the season that Houston had, our two favorites could end up on the outside looking in. And the other right. two guys that won, I think, I don't. not that Schwartz was a long shot, but I thought Flacco was an extreme long shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually yesterday said I thought Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, was going to win yeah. that award. Very, and he very, was one of the finalists, very too. CJ Stroud had four fifth-place votes, just a heads up. So four he did get some MVP. Where did, did. Tank Dell finish? Where did he finish in Offensive Rookie of the Year? Uh, he got injured like week 12, yeah. was it? I, he probably he would have finished goal. third he if he hadn't gotten hurt. It, it, <clears> he would have definitely behind received votes. It, I mean, Stroud and Tank Dell did not get a single vote. Yeah, I think it's because he missed the last I mean, third of the season. He was having a great season. Though. He was. He had a great season. But I, I, it just hurt me to watch a team that's holding on a lot of our draft capital. Yeah, yeah, sure. Really do very, very well last year. Is 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 there a dichotomy or between the way that the the league saw you? with all these awards and then the way that the front office looks at what they have, because it's, it seems like as if, right? It oh, seems, I see what you're saying. It seems the whole as offensive if, coaching. It seems as up. if they, they, they are not as impressed uh, with what they did last year as with some of the journalists and media members are, because they obviously swept the awards. Well, that's an indictment on Jimmy Haslam. So, so in my you, opinion, so you no, feel, I agree with that bull. I think, I mean, right. it, it, yes, I, it looks to us now. We'll see if Kevin Stefanski gets an extension here, coming up. But right now, it feels like I think you're right. It feels like the league respects Kevin Stefanski more than his owner does. Yeah. By the way, on the how do you take the play calling away from the coach of the year? Uh, you know, right. th- we, it's still to be determined who's going to call plays. Now, I want I want to say something because I think as a group we believe that this is done, right? That I do. Uh, Kevin yeah, Stefanski yeah. won't call plays yeah. this year. Uh, Jimmy Donovan, who's very close with Kevin Stefanski, yeah. is insistent that Kevin Stefanski is going to call a place next Okay, year. I hope he's right. And I hope Jimmy is he, – he's, got a, Definitely good, plugged he's in. got a good pipeline. So, I think th- that just – that tells me that Kevin is likely telling Jimmy or Jimmy's hearing it from someone yeah. that, no, they're not going to take that away. Now, it will be harder for them to take it away based on what happened last I night. I think so. How do you strip yeah. from the coach of the year – Play well, calling, dude. The only the only way you do it is you, you is that Stefanski's going to have to say publicly it was his decision. There's there's a whether re- we believe it or not. Is but I don't the, know uh, that he will because that's not a sword he wants to fall on. Probably not. But you know, you know, I there, don't know. There is a very. That's why I was so shocked when you say one. There's a reason you don't show up for the awards, right? It's 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 a silent protest. Hey, listen, I'm not going up there getting no award. I, I'm over here talking with Dorsey right now to figure out what we're going to run next year. He doesn't even have an extension. He ain't got no extension. Nope. So why am I'm, I'm, I'm not going to show up to get patted on the back and get embarrassed. Was he the only get... one that wasn't there? Uh, no. The very uh, – uh, I don't know who else wasn't Micah there. Micah Parsons uh, accepted for CeeDee Lamb. Yes, that's oh, okay. what it was. <laughs> the play of the year. Or yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. moment of the year. And by the way, I, I thought that was that was weak. that was yeah. that. That's the three a, plays they picked. That's. It I mean, a, I thought Miles Garrett blocking the field goal would be a moment that, of the yeah, year. That was, How many times <clears throat> did you see that? That Never. was a, that was a citizenship award bit play of the year. No, we yeah, and I just thought that. the plays they picked. The one that won was the Dak ninety-six yard touchdown completion to Ceedee Lamb. I mean, 
it was okay, but yeah. it was clearly a defensive breakdown. Yeah, yeah he's it. wide open, bro. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I, I thought it was, I think it was very odd. If you're So you think a silent protest is why he wasn't there? Yeah, why would you, like, like that's the pinnacle of, like, besides winning the championship, right? That's like saying, I don't know, like, you, you win an Oscar or something, and you decide, I'm not going to show up. Yeah, it was, it, well, I thought it was odd that he wasn't there. By the way, it gives him two and four years. <laughs> I don't know 13th, how many people done that. He's done a handful of times, ever. but. How, was that? Two time, 13 coaches now, is, including Kevin Stefanski. Okay, have 13 won two times. Time, one coach of the year, two times. We're so going to move on. Two, Stefan, but not two Stefan, in a four-year Is Kevin family. Stefanski no, were, already a Hall of Famer? No. 2-1-6. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we're going to win more than one playoff game, and technically he's 1-0. one zero. second <laughs> after a quick word from FanDuel. It is Super Bowl season. Super Bowl weekend is now upon us. And FanDuel is helping everybody celebrate if you want because they are unquestionably America's number one sports book. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season with not just one win, but two, three, and hopefully even more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for who will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Right now, new customers who join today get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And with that, we are going to welcome in co-host of First Things First of Fox Sports. It is Chris Broussard, NBA <clears throat> insider, who I think worked with Jay back at ESPN, knows G. Bush, and we are now honored to have on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. What's up, Chris? What's up, everybody? Man, you talk about bringing back memories. I mean, first of all, you got Jay Crawford, who I was with for years at ESPN. And now, and just being in Cleveland, on the Cleveland radio in general and TV, uh, brings back memories of me covering the Cavs, working for the Beacon Journal, the Plain Dealer, all of that. So it's great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Chris, before we get into any basketball, how unbearable is Nick this week with the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl again? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, there there probably isn't a more obnoxious oh. co-host. I say that in love. That's my yeah. man. But still, I mean, he is in awe of his glory. And if they win Monday oh. it's, or Sunday, it's going to be – Monday is going to be a, a heck of a day for us. But Brutal. Yeah. It, he Look, he's been, he's, he hung with them when they looked mediocre for the whole second half of the season. So I give him credit for that. But it is tough to deal with and stomach. Now, Chris, Chris had me on um, with Rob Parker and uh, 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 right before the Browns played uh, the Texans. And, you know, I was I was in my bag. I was talking my talk. <laughs> I had uh, I had Flacco for 500. Like I, I had Miles Garrett six sacks. It was a landslide. And he said, my brother, I, I just want to tell you something. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all gonna lose this game, and uh, he was right. I got to give it to you. We got smashed. They got all them awards, Chris. They didn't do nothing against the Texans. Yep. I got to take my licks. Look, they had a great year. I'll give them credit. Um, and it's funny, and I wonder where you guys are at on this, because I we had Baker Mayfield on our show, First Things First, earlier this week. And um, I, I told him off the air, I said, man, look, I'm from Cleveland, and uh, you would be looking good in the Browns uniform right now, you know, because obviously they just need the quarterback. <laughs> Flacco was great, but I think he kind of 
you know, he turned back into a pumpkin in that playoff game. But Deshaun is just – this is the question, right? I'm sure this is what everybody in Cleveland is wondering. Can he be even like 90% of what he used to be? And if he can – then you guys might have something special well, for him. Chris, we talk about that at nausea. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I want to hear oh, I'm what sure, you have I'm to sure. say You, you should have seen Jay's face light up. He said, Baker, he, he was like, what? Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, oh. Chris, I need to know what you think about that because we waffle back and forth. Before the Ravens game, there were a lot of people in town that were like, this is what it is. He's never going to be Deshaun Houston. Then, after the second half of the Ravens game, you know, the next day it was announced the season was over. Right. But after that half against Baltimore, everybody kind of looked around and said, okay, that's what that looks like. And he can be that guy. What do you say? I agree that he, you know, he showed signs, right? He showed spurts. But, and I think I heard you guys talking earlier about the, you know, the play calling and who's going to handle it. I think this is if they switch from Stefanski, it's all about trying to have an offense that's more, you know, compatible with what Deshaun does well. Um, I'd like to think, um, not that I'm a huge fan of Deshaun's, but I would he was a great quarterback, obviously, in Houston. Cleveland has virtually everything else they need. So I would love to see him become that guy. Again, um, and again, if he's just 90, 95% of that, he can do it. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that he's so young. um, There's no way he should be washed. And coming back from basically two years off, that doesn't happen overnight. So I will, I would say you put a gun to my head. I'll bet that he plays much better going forward. I wouldn't say Houston, Deshaun, but close enough for the Browns to really be a factor in AFC. We'll take it. Chris, let's let's hop over to the NBA. First month or so of the season, we were having routine discussions about when JB Bickerstaff was going to get fired. We were hearing rumors that Donovan Mitchell didn't like him. The team wasn't playing well. Then their two of their best players get hurt. Since then, they now they're back, obviously. They've been the best right. team in basketball since then. They've won 16 of 17. And now we're having a conversation on today's show whether or not JB is the coach of the year. Is this unbelievable? <laughs> Did you see this coming at all? Well, Jay, I was stunned at how much they were struggling early because obviously they had a good season last year. I think JB's a, a very good coach. And what I like about the, the Cavs is that they play defense, you know, and, and that's still important in today's NBA. So they obviously have scores, but they also defend, and that separates them from some of these other teams, you know, at, at near the top of the league. So I'm not surprised. I mean, I was, like I said, my surprise was how much they struggled early. I think it was smart to stick with Bickerstaff, and obviously it's paying off now. And look, I do think if, when you look at the Eastern Conference, I feel like there is no excuse for Boston not to win the East. I mean, they if they don't win the East this year, then I don't know when they're going to win it again, and they're going to have to really do some shuffling. But with Joel Embiid hurt, and I know he might come back, but I'm I'm skeptical on that and how effective he'll be when he comes back. So I think with him, with Philly kind of out of the way, Milwaukee obviously is having their issues. I think it's Boston and then, you know, Milwaukee, and then Cleveland's in that next group with the Knicks. And you never can count out Miami. They're right there. 
But look, a break here or there, and you certainly can see the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. And once you get to that round, that level, then, hey, you got a shot to get to the Finals. So I wouldn't pick them as a favorite to win the East, but I do think they have a shot. And Donovan is playing. He's going to work. He's starting to work himself into the MVP conversation, especially with Embiid and some other guys getting hurt. You know, Brew, I, I got to get to this because, you know, I, I talk to Jason Lloyd all the time, and um, I've been trying to start these rumors on my own. Um, I need some uh, some guys to jump on the bandwagon. I'm looking at the L.A. Lakers right now. Lakers make no moves at the deadline. You take a look at LeBron, A.D., they actually are playing games together. They actually, A.D. has been relatively right. healthy, and it's still not mattering. Uh, it, you know, they they got Reeves, they got those other guys. And, and my thing is, if you look at the Lakers, I just don't think that they're in contention anymore, especially for winning championships. But I will say this, I'm looking at LeBron and I'm saying, look, man, Hey, we ain't got no problem drafting Bronny. We'll put him right at the Schottenstein Center over there. We ain't got no problem with that. And come, you got a house already here. And look at the roster. I mean, you got you ain't got to give up nobody. You got Allen. You got Mobley, young guys like Garland. And, and you possibly could keep Mitchell. You tell me that a landing spot, the cushy landing spot in the narrative is, is back in Cleveland for LeBron. What are your thoughts? Well, well, first of all, I'm sure you've seen the reports. The Lakers, they want to bring Donovan to L.A. So I, I know that's probably a sore spot there in yes. Cleveland. So I Y'all think that would be Christmas their first. Too, Chris. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, that would be their dream scenario. And I think for LeBron, too, because obviously his life is set up in L.A. You know, his young children, his, you know, uh, his younger son is in, Bryce is in high school. And, um, you know, so I don't know that he really wants to uproot everything. But the Cavs, obviously, there's always that draw. I think it's a long shot. I mean, to go back to some place three times, even though it is home. And I'll say this, because LeBron is playing well. The numbers, he's not playing as well as the numbers suggest. You guys and myself as well, but you guys saw him at his best. LeBron James, don't people should not be fooled into thinking he's still in his prime because his numbers are essentially where his career numbers are at. Because LeBron James in his prime, there is no way he's not at the top of the league if Anthony Davis is his teammate. So LeBron is smart enough and skilled enough to score big points, and obviously he's a great passer. So he can put up numbers in today's NBA where it's easier to score but he doesn't have the impact on the defensive end. He can't control the tempo of the game like he used to. And yet it still can be a tough adjustment. Like if LeBron went to Cleveland, things change. You guys know, like he, he, it's a tough adjustment to play with LeBron because not only is he still very good, but he does some of everything. And so now Donovan may have to switch his game a little bit and, and Darius and, and some of the other players. And so I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. If I could, if you can do it, if you're Cleveland, sure. But I'm just saying it would, it would take a little while for that adjustment to kick in. And, and if it works, they, they would certainly have a shot in the East. So I would go for it, but I, I, I do think it's unrealistic. Chris, um, many days, many, many hundreds of days, I sat between you and Skip Bayless. 
And you just now sounded a whole lot like Skip Bayless with that LeBron diss. If you <laughs> Skip no, it wasn't a diss. I, I didn't know it was a diss. He said it wasn't a diss song. It was a real no, song. No, let me quote no. another friend of ours. That was blasphemous what you said about LeBron. <laughs> no, Jay, I actually look at it as a compliment. Because if LeBron is, and I assume you're talking about, I said he's not in his prime still, he's not as good as he used to be. Blasphemy. If LeBron is in his prime and they are the ninth seed in the West with Anthony Davis healthy, then that's an insult. That's an insult to LeBron. I think the only explanation for why they aren't a legit championship contender is that, yes, LeBron's numbers look good, but he he doesn't dominate the game like he used to. And that's fair. And you, you like – and defensively, you guys know this, he was a terror defensively when he was at his height. And yeah. that's what enabled him, in addition to the great offensive skills, to be so dominant. But now he's not on that end. And, you know, he controls the pace of the game, the tempo, everything. And he doesn't do that anymore. So, it, 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 I mean, look, he's the best 39-year-old we've ever seen, and that includes, obviously, Michael Jordan and Kareem. But, no, I mean – if LeBron were still at the height or even really close to the height of his career, they would be a championship contender without question. Well, that's true. Chris, not just yesterday, the day of the deadline, but, you know, if you want to include like the last week or two, whatever, who do you think uh, helped themselves the most in acquisitions over the last couple of week, weeks? I thought the Knicks, clearly. Like, I, I don't even think it's close. Um, obviously, first they brought in OG Anunobi. Who's you know he's gonna be he's out now and he'll be out for a few more weeks with the elbow injury, but since they got him, I mean, just like the Cavs have been playing some of the best ball in the league, the Knicks have been right there as well. Um, and so, and then yesterday at the deadline, they get Bogdan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Bogdanovich is a legit twenty point scorer, so he just gives them more depth, another option, another person the defense has to be concerned about more shooting. So. I think the Knicks say I think all of those teams are on the same level. They're dangerous, and you really, if you're a Boston or a Milwaukee, you don't want to face any of them early in the playoffs because you could get upset. So uh, I think the Knicks definitely helped themselves. I thought Phoenix made some good moves, um, you know, bringing in Royce O'Neal. Uh, and David Roddy. So I think those guys will fit in with what they do. They just need bodies that are role players that don't need the ball in their hands to be effective in the game. So I thought Phoenix did a decent job as well, but the, the overall winner was the Knicks for sure. All right, Brew, before we let you go, you got a big event coming up in Cleveland that I think Hoops fans are going to want to hear about. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I, uh, I run an organization called the King Movement, and we're partnering with the Word Church over in Warrensville. To, uh, it's a men's summit, so uh, anyone can come to that. There'll be discussions on men's health, speakers on, or mental health, I should say, mental health, spirituality, finances, fatherhood, things like that, really helping try to help men better themselves. But also there is a basketball tournament called the Midnight Rumble. Mm -hmm. And that will take place Saturday night. And the championship games will be Sunday afternoon. Uh, but there's a three-on-three -three tournament for men 35 and over. And the prize money, see, the prize money should attract anybody that still plays. 
The prize money for that is three thousand dollars. Oh, uh, and then there is a five on five tournament for people under thirty five, like 15, 16 years old, up to thirty five, and that prize money is five thousand oh. dollars. So mm. the registration you can go to King Summit, KingSummit.org, and register and. Um, there's more information on there. People, you can email if you have questions about it. But yeah, the Midnight Rumble, it'll be at the Word Church, which you guys may know has, you know, NBA type, you know, regulation courts. A lot of the pros play there in the off season, and so uh, it's going to be a great time. And uh, hopefully, we draw all the hoopers out from Cleveland and beyond, and see who can take home that big prize money. Mike, and that's March. That's March 16th and 17th. Mikey McNuggets, are you playing in this five-on-five tournament? You I actually was asked to play. I, I got to see if I can make it. Our, our producer, Mike. Oh, wow. He he played Division Three hoops. So Where at? Emerson College in Boston. Okay. Oh, yeah. Somebody, uh, I think, Presti. is uh, Presti's from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's H- a couple Hennigan of great. from Orlando. Yeah, there's a bunch of And it, Rob Hennigan. Yep, Rob Hennigan. Shout out to Pastor yeah. Shout out I to cry. Pastor Vernon. Pastor Vernon is doing a lot of good things in the community, uh, especially when yep. it comes to young black men. Shout out to Josh Cribs. He's been helping, and he's been over there doing some things, uh, you know, with, with Pastor Vernon, too. So um, that looks like it's going to be an event. Who's going to get that money? I like yeah, that. Yeah, let's go. I think Mike should get in on that. He's, he's a sniper. He's a big shooter. Hey, Chris, um, did you go to Rob Parker's 60th birthday? Yes, I did. Please I did, tell, and it was as crazy as you might. I will, I will. I'll tell him on the show tonight. All right. Uh, it was as crazy as you might expect. Rob did a stand-up that that wasn't funny, but because it wasn't funny, it actually ended up being funny. Yeah, so, Rob, yeah. Rob is a frustrated <laughs> wannabe stand-up comedian. CB, right. great talking to you. Um, I would call you Skip right, Roussard, but I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. Please yeah, don't, Jay. Great All talking right. with you guys. Thanks, Thanks for having Chris. me on. Always All good, right. Chris. Yeah. Always awesome. good. Yeah, Thank he you, and, Chris. Uh, he and Skip used to have some knockdown drag outs because he was a regular on first take and he was very pro-LeBron, of course, during the uh, years of his prime. And, you know, we know what Skip thought of LeBron. He doesn't yeah. have the clutch gene and everything else. But, man, did uh, did I moderate some epic debates between those, those two. Sometimes I thought hands were going to be thrown. It got that heavy. Yeah, it was good. fun. Also, G. Bush tonight, 5 o'clock, the second episode of the Ultimate Brown Show <laughs> is debuting on our YouTube channel. Make sure you guys check out G. Bush on the Ultimate Brown Show Friday Five o'clock tonight, and then every Monday as well. G Hit Bush me up on the hotline. The hotline number is out there. Hit me up when you have questions and comments for G Bush. We're gonna be talking about the stadium. We're gonna be talking about some of these same topics tonight. But we got the hotline. Leave a message for your boy, and we'll put you on tonight. That's wonderful. Chris mentioned it, Jay, but the Cavs did not make any moves at the deadline. Nothing. The Knicks did. The Bucks did. The Celtics did. The Pacers did. The other top teams in the East did. The Knicks, the biggest move, getting Bogdanovich, but. We didn't think the Cavs were going to make any moves. So it went as expected. But now when you look at how the rest of the East partook in the trade deadline, how do you think the Cavs now stack up in the East? Are they still right in the same class as Boston and the other top teams? Or do you look at them a little lower because they did not necessarily improve at the deadline while other teams, at least on paper, did? I I mean, listen, I'm not a, a huge NBA authority, but it seems to me that the Knicks are the only team 
that got, you know, I would say significantly better. Yeah, the Celtic I, moves were nothing. Yeah, really. all the other teams' moves didn't seem, and it, like, who cares what Philly did? They've lost Embiid, so, yeah, you yeah. know. I, I. But he will be back for the playoffs. Right. I mean. But, oh, yeah, but Christmas is saying, well, who, like, it's not a short thing. Who knows what he's going to be like at that point? And, uh, you know, we'll see, but. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm not changing my opinion on the Cavs. I think they're right now. They're, I mean, Boston's obviously the class of the East right now. They're way ahead of everybody what else. What are they? Five games ahead Four of the Cavs? Four and a half ahead of the Cavs, Four and a half. I think. Cavs are in the two now. Yeah. Which is, you know, a, a week ago they were in the five. Now they're still only a game. Only the Celtics the have less losses than the Cavs. Yeah, the it's NBA. pretty impressive. Man, pretty impressive. I, I mean, the way Donovan Mitchell, I was watching the interview, and, and he um, said, you know, about the trade deadline, he said, you know, I think we're good. I think we we fine. We didn't need to make a move. Um, and that says a lot about your yeah. best player saying we good, we straight. Yeah. And especially when when he was a guy that it was rumors that he didn't like what the coach was doing. I look at it the way he's playing right now. I mean, he's playing. I don't want to put I don't want to sound like Earl. I mean, but he's playing dominant. I've not seen nobody dominate like this except for LeBron, and that includes Kyrie Irving. Wow, night, that's not. Night we, just, in, we just said the other day that Kyrie Irving, uh, better than Donovan Mitchell. Night in, night out, Kyrie, night in, night out, Donovan Mitchell was on the floor. He's ten, he's tenacious. He's playing defense. He's getting deflections. He's, he's making his other teammates better. And there's times where he could take games off. There was times when I'm seeing him play Memphis or he's playing Orlando, and I'm like, okay, they could lose this game. They're down about six or seven, and he just won't let them lose. He but, just- G, listen, I love Donovan Mitchell. I love how he's playing. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, obviously Donovan Mitchell doesn't have LeBron playing next to him right? like Kyrie did. Right. But until Donovan Mitchell at least wins one playoff series, yeah. I can't put him ahead of Kyrie. Well, well, I can't, I can't, well here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Now, it, it, when you're talking about overall and the overarching, overarching thing, you talk about career, yeah. whether he's better than Kyrie, obviously you have to do it um, in, in the postseason and get your money off that yeah. way and win a series. But what I'm saying is night in, night out in terms of who he is as an individual basketball player. Right. He's, he's, he's I think we're both great. right. Yeah, I, yeah. I do think that his impact on the regular season, and again, factoring in that Kyrie did have LeBron. Yes. Donovan's doing more by himself. Now, he also has great players around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the original point, I was, I'm was, i okay with them not making a move if basketball in April looks different than it did last April. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't, you know, if they go out there and lose their first-round playoff series again, they're going to be favored, most likely, unless yeah. they slip in the five. They're going to be favored. If they lose that, you now have to look at who goes. Well, yeah, I mean, then it's and, wholesale changes. Yeah. Right, but I, I do think that I'm okay with them reaching that conclusion because things look different now. Things are different this year than they were last year in the preseason. I think that their record last year at this time was just about the same, maybe a little better. No, no, well, it's it better was, this year. It is better this year. By the way, I love that I got yet. Jay saying the preseason in the regular season. Well, it is. But but <laughs> you're right. But what makes it different, two things. One, as G has pointed out multiple times, they play. They can play multiple styles now, which they couldn't play last year. Right. Number two, they're way deeper, assuming they stay healthy. Exactly. And right now, they're very healthy. And number three, look at them on the road this year versus last year. That's well, a massive. Big point. They I were think- the worst of the contending teams last year. They were the worst road team. This year, they have the best winning percentage on the road of any team in the league. Stunning. 
what a turnaround. I mean, that's there. that's as impressive as Josh Naylor learning how to hit left-handed pitching. Yeah, and, I, and what were they last year on the road? They're under five hundred. Twenty-four games. They were under five hundred. Yeah. I don't know the first twenty-four games, but they were twenty and twenty-one overall. And that was, and they played better later in the year and, to get hey, to twenty and twenty-one. And by the way, man, shout out to Jay. I don't know what you did. Evan Mobley must have saw you, Dang. and Evan Mobley is now. I seen Evan Mobley take the ball coast to coast, finish with the left yeah. hand. He didn't shoot I, any threes though. No yesterday. threes last night. No, no what the night before he hit a yeah, couple. Two threes. out of three. Two out of three. No, no, two out of two the night before. Yeah, yeah. he's so five of his six. last six. From he's three. taking the threes now. Um, he's he. I, I was always on Evan Mobley a little bit because he would get seven, eight rebounds. I said, I need you to get ten, big fella. Like, you know, now he's getting those 10 rebounds like Jared Allen. They've got two almost put-it-in-the-bank double-doubles. Yes. And yes. and, and a 25-point yeah. score a night with Donovan. Yeah. If you can't win in the playoffs <laughs> with the pieces yeah, I they can't have wait now, for the playoffs. It's, it's, not the, it's not the players, it's the system. Yeah, not well, only yeah. that, what they struggled in last year was the fact that guys couldn't hit a three-point shot. You look at it now. Oh. You take a look at Sam Merrill. He's automatic. He's he gets to the game. He's he's automatic almost. The guy that really has gotten better, and this doesn't happen a lot in the league. I don't know what he went to a camp. Isaac Okoro has gotten better. <laughs> I don't know if he went to, to to ABCD camp or I don't know if he went to the Bowling Green camp. Shout out to Bowling yeah. Green Coach Dockich is always on Bowling Green camp. Listen, this dude is hitting threes. And the thing that he's he's really good at is being a multiple Swiss Army knife when he's guarding the one, two, and three position. And if you yeah. switch off of him and he catch a, a, a stretch four, he's not giving up because of that much because he's strong. The fact that he's looking at the basket, shooting it with confidence, and I'll even give guys credit like this. Dean Wade, my good old friend. Uh, he was hot uh, for three uh, last uh, night. Johnny Bravo. Who? Oh. Johnny Bravo's out here knocking down shots when he gets in the game. And if you can get them dudes to hit threes, Karis LeVert is hitting them, Max Struess hit about 60 the other day, you got a shot. I want to ask Mike a question before we move off this topic. And, Bull, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I no, it's fine. Go ahead. Point. You can make it after yeah. this. So, it's a given that when you get to the playoffs, you reduce the rotation. It's, it's typically about what, eight guys in the playoffs? Eight, yeah. nine tops. Okay, so let me ask this question. I know that that's the standard and that's the paradigm. But when you have so many parts that play roles like this Cavaliers team, why can't they continue to go as deep in the playoffs with their bench as they do in the regular season? It works. So part of it is guys who make shots in the regular season. That does not necessarily mean you make shots in the postseason. Facts. And well, there but, are certain but guys don't you that, have to? Don't you have to give them the opportunity? Yeah, the, the, the yeah and, and JB will. And I'm sure early on in the series he'll be a little more lenient if someone's not on. He'll try someone else, but by game six, seven, you kind of know who's ready for the moment. Right. And secondly, in the postseason, and it happened with the Knicks, Cavs, Lat, they will hunt out match matchups defensively. So if there's I know a defensive liability. Where that doesn't happen as much in the regular season. it doesn't season. happen in the regular season. Those right. are the two reasons why rotations right. typically get shorter and shorter. But that doesn't mean on a given night if, and I'm just hype, random hypothetical, if Karis Levert's in that top eight, Sam Merrill's not, Levert struggles in his first stint, JB doesn't go, hey, Sam, we need some shooting. Get in there. Let's see what you got. Give him a run. If he plays well, right? yeah, he gets another chance. And, but but that's now those shooters and those eight, nine, ten guys on the bench 
become defensive liabilities, and those are the matchups that teams are going to seek out. Exactly, and especially right. on the road. That's, like that's on the fair. road, on the road, them shot you ain't got you ain't got much time on the road. Like you can't yeah. roll with a guy eight ten minutes and he ain't give you nothing because he's getting victimized. And last year, Isaac Okoro was not a defensive liability, but he was an offensive liability. Right, they didn't have to defend him. him. If he's confident and he's taking that shot, well, now he now you can play him in the playoffs. Last year, they really couldn't. That's the biggest key, yeah. I think. And to Massive. your point that he's we went to camp or something, because now he's not a liability for half the time he's on the floor. Right. And I, I can't wait to see how they use their rotations in the playoffs this yeah. year. It's going to be fascinating to me. Because last year, I thought they just completely misplayed all of that. But yep. they've got better moving parts They're this way year. deeper. They have 11 legitimate players when Tristan Thompson's here. But obviously, they're not going to use 11. But I would still, and Jason was talking about this yesterday, in the buyout market, even if it's just a guy just to break glass in case of emergency. Right, yeah. Get another center and another point guard for the deep bench. Veteran guys, just in case people go down. Yeah, I'd no. be shocked if they don't make a move. And they're one of, by the way, so... If you're in the second apron of the luxury tax, you can't sign a buyout guy. That's part of the penalty for spending that much money. Right. Which means if a veteran buyout guy wants to play for a ring, the Cavs are in a prime position as one of the teams that aren't it at might, that luxury oh, whoa, whoa, Doesn't that dude. always come up whoa. where there's a guy that wants to move yeah. and he wants to go to a competitor? Like we've seen Did you say the, the Cavs can play for a ring? Did you say play for a ring? Like, I I was, yeah. Oh, so, so oh. So you, well, so listen, you all the way in. Why you? They're in the two slot. I, I, like McNuggets is not he McNuggets, you know, he said I ain't gonna put words in his mouth, but he said like, look, they playing well, but, but I don't know if they better than Boston. I don't know if they can play with the Heat. I don't know if they can play. But gee, that's what I'm saying. That some of those teams, the Lakers, the Suns, the Celtics, they're in that luxury tax threshold. They can't sign buyout guys. Right. So of the other teams, and I do think the Cavs are legitimate title contenders. Wow. OKC is okay. also in that same conversation. Wow. They're under the luxury tax. Probably yeah. Minnesota, Them too. In Cleveland, Minnesota. No, Minnesota pays Gobert and Cat to oh, max contracts. Right. I'm not sure if they're in or out, but they're right on that fringe. When, wow. when you're a, lot a, of the, a lot of the highest paid teams in the league are the teams that are competing. The Sixers can't sign a buyout guy. Right. So the Cavs that's are good in a prime us. position. To, yeah. That's why I think they also were, they were patient at the deadline. They didn't yeah. have to force that, anything. Do you think that's why they didn't make a move? I don't think there was an upgrade worth the value they would have had to give it up okay. as opposed to being able to sign a buyout guy. And it right. happens every year. There's Bring a in a third point guard and yeah. a third center uh, that, that have played in the playoffs and have some experience. Look, you're the two Let's at the All-Star Absolutely. break. Yeah. You're a contender. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to something Bull brought up. First, a quick word from FanDuel. It is Super Bowl weekend, and FanDuel wants to help you make a winner because it's number one sportsbook in the entire country. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And right now, FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season with the W or 2 or 3. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but you can also bet on which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Today, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook sponsor of the NFL. We'll finish our FanDuel parlay coming up in one sec. But first, the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame announced its 2024 class. The recipients that will be headed to Canton next year, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Steve McMichael, Julius Peppers, and Randy Gratishar. And with Devin Hester... Being on that list, he's Patrick the first. Willis too. Yes, I thought I said Patrick Willis. Oh, okay. Maybe if I didn't, then Patrick oh, Willis. Yes, Sir Pat uh, but made it. With Devin Hester making the list, he's a return specialist. 
a bona fide special teams guy. Didn't contribute much offensively or defense throughout his career, but one of, if not the best of all-time returners, which Bull poised the question to me this morning. Could Josh Cribbs be next? Does that open the door for Josh Cribbs to become I, a Hall of Famer? I want to clarify something. Hester was a good uh, – I mean, I know his big contributions were on special teams, but he was also a productive player. Uh, more than Josh Cribbs. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't yeah. anywhere. I mean, he wasn't just in the special teams. No. But he wasn't he standout. Was, look, any, if he wasn't a return guy, he wouldn't be going in the Hall of Fame. Not even in the conversation. Not no. even close. No, no, no. no. That, that's my point. For well, yeah. ask your question because I thought so, it was fascinating. Well, no, I mean, I listen, I love Josh Cribbs. I've always had, whenever, I, we used to have him on the show a lot. Great guy. Love him. He was a really, really good special teams player. Three-time Pro Bowler. Made the 2000s All-Decade team. But, no, he ain't Devin Hester. I'm sorry. And here's the problem. Josh, and that's why, that's our latest out-of-pocket. Earl is out-of-pocket because he says Josh Cribbs should be in the Hall of Fame next year. Josh Cribbs, I love him. I'm sorry. He's never going to the Hall of Fame. He, remember, when you're, if you're a special teamer, or, you know, kicker, punter, return guy, it's not like other positions. At other positions... You could be, a, you're, if you're a tier one guy, you're in the Hall of Fame. But if you're a tier two guy, you still might get in the Hall of Fame too. Sure. At quarterback, running back, other things. You got to be the best. When you are a returner, a punter, a kicker, you can't just be the best for a couple of years. Yeah. You have to be one of the one or maybe two, maybe, maybe three at most in the history of the game. Okay, well, and well he's probably he is, about though. three. He, I, I, no, I mean... To, Okay, He's got but eight kickoff returns and three punt returns for touchdowns, eleven correct. total returns. Where does that rank him all time? Give me a sec. Because I think he had the I, most kickoff returns. I think he still does. No, I think he still does. He did. He was a virtual non-factor, obviously, in the rest of the game. He has well, the no, second most kick return touchdowns ever. Cordero Patterson has since surpassed him. Right. Are we okay, putting Cordero Patterson? Are we putting Cordero Patterson in the uh, Hall of Fame? No, we are not. Well, I mean, how no, many, but, how but many, how many punt returns? Hold on, give me the battle? total yeah. for the total returns. Hester's got way more than Cribs. Uh, does he? Uh, Devin Hester has 14 punt return touchdowns. Okay. Oh, how many Metcalf kick return touchdowns? Uh, give me a sec. Kick return touchdowns. Kick return touchdowns. Shout out to Pro Football Reference for having such a easily navigable site. He has five, so he has 19 career Okay, so yeah, you, Bull, you're probably right there. Josh Cribs has how many total? Four, uh, 11, 11 total. 11 and 19 in it's terms of return difference. touchdowns, that's yeah. a massive difference. What about total return yards? I know, I think he has the lead in those. But, okay, while I mean, he I, looks at I, that, you know, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Ray Guy is in the Hall of Fame. That's it. I think he's the only punter. Widely regarded as the greatest ever to do it. He changed the kick. I mean, how many too. kickers are in the is Hall Vinitarian, of Fame? Very few. Is Maybe two? I Jan do have Stenner? the yards. What? Brian Mitchell... Has 19,000 return yards. Wow. That's number and, one and overall. Mitchell, and That's Mitchell is 4, not 000. a Hall of Famer, right? No, he's not. No. Yeah. 4,000 more than then. anyone it, else. It's, I, I love I, Josh Cribbs. It's I not an Josh insult too. to him. Yeah. If there was a hole of very good, I'm putting him in. He's but in he's, to yeah. be in as a return man, you've got to be the best ever. And Devin Hester, to me, is the best ever. And he's a class above, I, to me, everybody else. Yeah. Mitchell. Josh Cribbs was really, really matters. good. But not. he wasn't Devin Hester good. It's just the yeah. There's I mean, levels to this. It, there is levels. I mean, one, one thing that is Deion impressive. Deion Sanders was a re- great return oh, guy. The one yeah. thing that was very impressive, though, I will say is, I mean, when you make the all-decade team, that's kind of, that's, that means I, you, was the, you was the best player. 
Now, first, if, if you for make, 10 years. If you make an all-decade team, odds are you're going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. But not at that position. No, but right, now, right, right. I don't want to completely dismiss him as a wide receiver quarterback because he had moments for the Browns. Now, obviously, he wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be considered for anything based on that, but I always thought that they should have used him more, particularly because he played in the Wildcat era. I thought he could have been one of the greatest Wildcat quarterbacks ever just because yeah. of the skill set. How many first-team All-Pros did uh, Devin Hester have, Mike? Do you know? With a click of a button, I can tell you, Devin Hester in his career, three-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro once, four-time Pro Bowler. He yeah. was also a member of the 2000s All-Decade Team and the 2010s All-Decade Team. That helps. He was also the kick returner for the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put any other return guy in the Hall of Fame. Personally, Josh Cribbs was excellent. Now, I well, just let, think... let, let's parse that question, yeah, yeah. okay, for a second. Yeah. Um, it, it, that position, as much as any, can pivot a game. It could. It's, it's, yeah. it's a huge position. Why, why shouldn't there be the best from every era in the Hall of Fame? It's I a mean, big position in the game. It, didn't Devin Hester, what was the years, I guess Hester played more. Hester was actually drafted one year after Cribs. Yeah. Cribs was drafted so in 2005, Hester so. was 2006. There was also, remember, he gets lost now, but uh, what's his name? Who was on the Falcons was a great returner too, Hall. Dante Hall. Yeah, Dante, Dante Hall. Hall was great in the Chiefs. How many, how many return touchdowns does he have, Mike? Total. Uh, Dante Hall had six kick returns for a touchdown. Yeah. And I'd switch this to punt. Let me go. Punt return touchdowns. Dante Hall has 12 total. So Dante Hall That's six more than six. Cribs. Yeah. That, what hurts Cribs is he only had three punt return touchdowns. The eight kickoffs are great. Right. But um, I, the, the reason I bring that question up is it does kind of seem absurd that you can have dozens and dozens of wide receivers, linebackers. Right. You know, those are all key positions to the game. But uh, you can think back on some games that were absolutely flipped because of a big return. That's true. Uh, you, but in the course of a season, especially, I mean, now they're having almost well, no Well, now impact. those kickoff records yeah. are, they're I imagine Cordero Paris, Cordero Paris Patterson yeah. will probably die with the record because yeah. you just don't see kickoff no returns anymore. Off anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I think there was one thing that you can say in Cribs' favor is the fact that you go back and look, first of all, he's an undrafted guy from Kent. Like, he, you know, comes in as a quarterback, doesn't really have a position, uh, starts playing special teams. Not only did, did he do that, but he went down on special teams and was a good special team player on punt. He was a good special team player on kickoff tackling people. Sure. And then third, you look at those Cleveland Browns teams. Those Cleveland Browns teams were terrible. They didn't score any points. If there were they, there were games where the only way the Browns were getting points or field position was if yeah. Josh Cribbs gave him the football in, in, in decent yards or took it to the house. What if we did this, guys? What if I almost feel like the Hall of Fame because special teams? It's such a different animal. Mm -hmm. If you're strictly special teams, you're on the field for 10, 12, right. 14 plays a game. I almost feel like there should be a special wing of Hall of, uh, in the Hall of Fame for special teamers. I, I, I think it's a shame that you've only got a handful of kickers. There are four kickers. One punter. So here's the... Is the, John Stenerud in? The, the kickers are Morton Anderson, Jan Stenerud, George Blanda, and Lou Groza. Okay, now, is Venateri going in? He should. Uh, and and yeah. Tucker is and Tucker certainly will go going in. in. How is yeah, Vinatieri yeah. not in? Well, well, he's been retired. I don't think he's long been enough. out long enough. You got to be out five years to be on a ballot. He, yeah. He's got to be. I in. think Vinatieri for the 
the number of big kicks yeah, he made. Yeah, he'll go in he'll and go Tucker in. will go in. But I just think, like, I, I, know, I know they're kickers, and I yeah. know we look at them differently. But when you've got the best, it changes your team's life. Agreed, but because they are play significantly less plays than the other players. I get they've that. They've got to, the standards are almost. Well, well here's the thing. Maybe I, they're too high. My, Maybe it is too high. Yeah, that's every, the question I'm asking. Every, I, what, well, I answer the question. There's a difference between plays and impact. You can play 70,000 70, like plays, I like that. but what is your impact? Ask yeah. the Buffalo Bills about impact and kickers. Well, who's the leading scorer on just about every team in the NFL? Kickers. Okay, so that measures impact. And when you get to the and when and when you get, when you're trying to angle to get in field goal position to win the Super Bowl, everybody wants a kicker, right? You aren't kidding. So you keep they, they count then at the biggest. Well, place. ask the Buffalo Bills. But, not but, just not just this year, but in their history, they lost a Super Bowl because they missed a chippy. And, and the kicker, my heart goes out to him. He was a a good kicker. He was a good kicker. Yeah, the they can miss. And part productive. of the problem, like when you look at Cribs, right? He had two years, 2007 and 2009, where he had seven returns for a touchdown in those two years. The rest of his career wow. only had four. Yeah, and that's so it's like, well, he had two, two Hall of Fame seasons. Right, but you need more than that to get in the Hall of and, Fame. I mean, yeah, and maybe Devin Hester is similar. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Didn't break you, down his numbers. And then but. I just ask people, go back and – like, that is a skill set. Like, let's keep it real. We, we, we want a guy to get 10 yards. We want a guy to just be able to fair catch the ball and not drop it. Just get us a first down. Get us a first down. Like, and these dudes are taking it to the house regularly. Yeah. That is a skill set. It's a lost art. And I don't even think it's something you could teach. You just you just born with that vision well, and you have ability. To be a, you have to be a, a mercenary. You have to be run with your hair on fire. And and I Cribs was so good at catch and go. You know, and he yeah. went north and south. It's the guys, the guys that drive me nuts. And Peppers did this when he was here. DPJ did that when he this when he was here. The East-West running is terrible. It, it just it buys <laughs> it, you time, yeah. but doesn't get you yardage. In fairness to the guys now, not those guys specifically. It's harder. The rules of hell are hurting return right. guys. By the way, to be fair, Devin Hester only had four years where he had three or more touchdowns in a year. Cribs had two uh, return touchdowns. Cribs had two years with three or more. Uh, Hester had four. How about this for a rule change? The only player on punt that can be on the line of scrimmage is the center. Everybody else has to be five yards back. Yeah. It I would mean, increase the yardage of it, punt returns. It would, and make but them they've been working to. They don't want that they, play to get They don't no want more. that play. So that, I, I get well, what you Well, they saying. don't want the kickoff return. That's the one where guys get a 60-yard head start yeah, right, 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 and right. just take someone's helmet off. The punt return, the gunners are so good. When you watch a really good gunner. Yeah. They are so good at getting working off double teams. Yeah. It's like within two seconds, they're 15 yards down the field yeah. and the, and, and the, their defenders are nowhere near them anymore. Yeah, and you true. can't hit them from behind. That's we true. asked the YouTube chat, is Josh Cribbs a Hall of Famer? 60% said yes, 40% well, said not no. Not biased there at all. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> fair. All right, that's it is time bad. to wrap up and place the final leg of our <laughs> oh, ultimate yeah. same-game parlay. To recap where we're at so far, We've made four bets. If you just did this four-part parlay, you'd have nine-to-one odds on FanDuel right now. It's plus 888. We took the under on passing yards for Purdy, the over on rushing yards for Pacheco, over on receiving yards for Travis Kelsey, and an anytime touchdown from Travis Kelsey was Ooh. even odds at plus 100. I the like last that. Part, I like that yeah, parlay yeah. a we lot. Were, we, the debate yesterday was Tyvis wanted to go with McCaffrey anytime touchdown. 
but it was minus 265. Ooh. So it was so overwhelmingly the favorite there. I think they've got that odds wrong. Right, and I think Kelsey has just as good a chance as – I mean, I, I, if I had to say who's more likely to score a touchdown, I'd go McCaffrey I over Kelsey, too, but, I don't think the but not by that big a gap. No, that's a yeah. huge gap. So right. we got Kelsey locked in. I think it's great value. Today yes. I gave you one either over under and then four different FanDuel specials that have at minimum – plus 350 or even higher. So, so let's take a look. Let's see if yeah. we could agree. If You guys don't like the special, we can go with the over-under. But the over-under for the game is set at 47.5 points. Same bet or same juice on either side over-under. You can take Chris Jones and Nick Bosa to each record at least half a sack. That's plus 340. Okay. They both would have to record half a sack. Christian McCaffrey to score a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Wow, kind of no. like that one. Plus, plus 750. That's, that's not happening. Any player to score a 75-yard touchdown. That's Any not player. That's 20 unlike. to 1. You don't think McCaffrey can get a rushing and a receiving? No. Or an he offensive lineman to score a touchdown is 60, 65 offensive to 1. Offensive lineman to so score a touchdown. So we can take one of the crazy FanDuel specials. There's many more on FanDuel if you want to go look on your own. special. But yeah. of these four specials or an over-under if we want to play it a little safer. But any of these especially one of the bottom four, one of the four FanDuel specials, will take this parlay from 9-1 to one into about the 20s to 1. So what do you guys think? I mean, uh, the over-under jumps out to me. I think that's pretty low. But that's even money. I actually like the under, though. You do? I do. I think it's going to be a, a lower-scoring game. I've told myself never take the under with Patrick Mahomes. Here's Although, the, the, and that's what everybody says. And he, they, the Chiefs have actually been under in the majority of their playoff games recently. Because of that, because everybody thinks never we take the under. we got two great defenses. Really, really good yeah. defenses. And see the, pro- I, see, the problem is to get the odds. I, I kind of like the, the Jones and Bosa I, sacks. I, I, actually, I like that. I actually like that. Because it's I, only I okay with that. The numbers are good. It's plus 340. I, I do think McCaffrey has a good chance to score both. And that's plus 750, but obviously you don't feel confident about I it. I think that's a no risk it, no biscuit. Play. Yeah, right, right. Like right, if right. you want a big payoff, that's the way yeah. to go. But man, to get one of each in the Super Bowl against his Kansas City defense, that, that would mean you have. That would mean you have. He's the MVP. He is the. MVP. I mean, how many touchdowns did he have this year, Mike? He twenty-five has, touchdowns. Twenty-five. What and how many rushing? How many rush, receiving? I think more were rush. One sec. I mean, he had a lot of receiving. You know, they had two players up for the MVP, San Francisco. Yeah. Kansas City didn't have any. No. Mahomes. McCaffrey this year had. 14 rushing touchdowns. That's what I would guess the split was 11, 11 receiving. 11, uh, well, 25 including the playoffs. In the right. regular season, it was 21. It's 14 and 7. I don't he, know. What do you guys? He I, would, I, he I, would I, ha- I like the sack. He would have to, to me, for him to get a touchdown, they had to throw a screen pass. They have to, and it would be probably under 20 yards. Yeah, yeah. sure. I think well, that's safe. I, I, I like that one, but the safer bet is, the safer bet with still good odds. Is, is the sack. Because you could get a half a sack. So yeah. do we have it down to those two? I, I like the sack. I like those two also. But yeah, let's go. I, I mean, mean, I think we should go with the, the sack. The, the, the so they both have to have over a half, right? Yes. So it's essentially they so both they have a, to have a, a sack. Full they both need a full own. sack. I mean, I mean, those guys get, get a lot halves, of individual sacks. Sack. It's certainly no, no guarantee. But both offensive lines are good, but they're not lights out. No. And the, the Chiefs are... Uh, Missing one of their starting guards is not Joe playing. I, I feel comfortable with that, guys. Yeah, I do. I'm I feel like Jones and Bosa yeah. are both Espe- really good bets. Especially to get a sack. Chris Jones. I think Brock Purdy ain't going to run around too much. And if you see him, he's going to fall. 
and just be like, okay, let's yeah, get it. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes with. is hard to sack. Mahomes that, is hard yes, to sack. But, but Bosa is one of the best. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Bosa. Right, I agree. I so, agree. I like that. All right, we're going to go with that one, Mike. Lock it okay, in. so I just put it into the algorithm of FanDuel. And you guys see I'm on my FanDuel account right here. I don't know if Steve, you can see this. Yep, I but see it. On certain FanDuel specials, you cannot parlay them with the same game. Right. So we're going to put a separate bet on the plus okay. 340. Mahomes, let's for the sake of the parlay. Do you guys like the over or under? Because we yeah, definitely we're not going to be in agreement on that. Because these, I mean, yeah. go, you guys are probably. I let's do tell majority. You what the bull, I, I'm thinking about the score that I predicted. It is under the 47 and a half. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, like, yeah, you like the. I've seen your score. You like the under. Yeah, what I is got it, the 20, under. What's the, what's the game? What? 47, five. 47 and a half. So that's like so 23.5. You, you would need a 27, 24 to push the over. Damn. I'll tell you, if you take the over under, regardless of which way, that brings you to 18 to one odds. So. Ten dollars wins you essentially a hundred eighty. So it doubles our chance. It doubles doubles our, our chances if we add an over under here. So a ten dollar bet becomes one eighty. Correct. A thousand dollar bet. A thousand dollar bet. Would that be gamble responsibly? Eighteen hundred. Yes. Eighteen hundred. No, it becomes eighteen thousand. No, eighteen thousand. Oh well, 18, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Hundred becomes eighteen hundred. Yeah. All right. So where are we going? We going over or under? We're gonna have to do majority rules. I'll go with the under. Oh, you going I'll with take the it too. I like the under. So we're taking the under. So we'll add so, our five-part same-game parlay. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score. Under Brock Purdy passing yards. Over Travis Kelsey receiving yards. Over, tra- over Isaiah Pacheco rushing yards. And under the total points here. And that brings you to plus 17.91. So if everybody in the studio puts 100 bucks in, we would essentially split 18,000. Well, are there 10 of us? I have just gambled responsibly mm, on that part. Good. Okay. For me and Director Steve. Now, right. how do we put money that out there so our fans can we see it? We should tweet it, it out. Twitter I will screenshot it and I will yeah. post it. Do we get traction on Twitter? Yeah. We do? Lot. Yeah. Do we have a social that gets more traction over the others? Twitter. Twitter's our leading traction. Huh. By far. Yeah, Facebook's dead. I don't even know. They, like, no. It's only grandmas and um, knitted sweaters on there. Yeah. Uh, and we're also going to bet $10 on Chris Jones, Nick Bosa to each have a sack. That's plus 340, so 10 wins you 34 bucks. That'll okay. be another prop bet you want to get in on. So we'll tweet that out. If you want to play with us, you want to bet with us, I, I think send it in. And I promise we will read if this hits. Anyone who sends us a ticket. We'll spend the first five minutes of the show on Monday reading every winning ticket if you bet with the ultimate same uh, game you say about Lay a dollar or two on the McCaffrey thing, especially at plus 800 or whatever it was. That's crazy. It's good. Because I, yeah. I could see the Niners scoring three touchdowns and two of them are McCaffrey. So you have the Niners winning then. No, I don't, believe it or not. Well, how is that going <laughs> to stay under? If he scores three touchdowns and No, not moves. three. No, I'm saying, well. Oh, I thought you said I could see the I Niners I think my final score was 24-21, which oh, okay. would be under. That would but, be under. I can't remember exactly what my final that I gave to Mike was, but I know I had the under. But, uh, no, I'm saying McCaffrey. You know, I could see them scoring two touchdowns, and they're both McCaffrey. Right. Are they – who's the betting favorite? San Francisco? San Francisco, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, it's two-and-a-half? Two, two two-and-a-half, depending on what book you look at. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we got one super – or two super chats, and we're going to do our top five Super Bowl snacks here before we get ready to head over to W. KYC. Damian Frederick said, G. Bush looking like we ain't getting no younger. We might as well do it. LOL. Hashtag Jagged Edge. <laughs> and Dontavious Winston says, will the new stadium have cheerleaders? Jay, if anyone knows, they should. Be you. Come on, Jay. Will the new stadium have cheerleaders? Yeah. 
Uh, they've always resisted that urge, and I don't know The Browns how. are one of, of so only like five teams that don't have them. never had them. They don't have a cheerleader. Right? They don't have a band. No. They don't have a fight song. <laughs> They don't. They don't got a logo on a helmet. These boys really. Hey, Paul Brown. It's all came, about the football. Paul Brown came in and said, "No, no, no, and no." It's true. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, Paul Brown owned the Bengals, and they have cheerleaders. He, he was getting older in his age. <laughs> so we got five minutes where we got to wrap Old up. We're gonna do our dude. top five Super Bowl party snacks. Give me that, girl. that are the uh, must-haves at any Super Bowl party you guys attend. This weekend, Bo, I'm going to run through these quickly because I know one of these is going to trigger yeah. another out-of-pocket yeah. situation. The final out-of-pocket. Final. We'll you start with number people. five of the five best. We should do that snacks. every Friday, by the way. We each pick someone out-of-pocket Friday. Yeah. Out-of-pocket yeah. Friday. Like out-of-pocket Friday, and we each, you know, we each yeah. give our, our dude. All right, number five. We're we'll going to run through this quickly. Nachos, staple, a classic. Some are much better than others. You got to have cheese and all the toppings spread out. It can't just be in the middle. But nachos, a, a staple. Not no sprinkle cheese. Your yeah. cheese have to no. be melted. Yes. Don't put no little. Don't don't nuke a, a bag of shredded mild cheddar and no, call them count. nachos. That doesn't count. That'll Flaw count. nachos though is everybody sharing. You getting into each other's foods. A little germy. Yeah, it is a little. <laughs> I mean, you're only there's no double dipping because it's just you're yeah, just taking right. one. But I've seen people like load up a chip with stuff just and, and, and their fingers cut uh, some that's of the remnants. And I'm, I'm out at that point. Yeah, I can't I'm eat out. another one. That's gross. It's got I'm a high out. variance. Good nachos are very good. Bad nachos are very bad. High variance, but it's a staple. Number I like four, loaded nachos. This had I'm Steve, surprised it's that low because it does seem to be a Super Bowl staple. It's it definitely a staple. Uh, number four, this is what Steve Becker put at number one. I think he's out of pocket for this one. Add it to your list. But pigs in a blanket. This was his number one disgusting. choice. I mean, I that about that about sums up Steve right there. That yeah, that come would on, be Steve. You're choice. better than that. I, I, I First eat, of all, it just looks nasty. I eat pigs in a blanket, but that is not something I'm going no. to be like, oh, my gosh. The, the pigs in a blanket. Or if they don't here. have it, are you going to say, wait, uh, wait you don't wait, have pigs, pigs in a blanket? People, pigs in a blanket are an appetizer for a bar mitzvah, not for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, let's get, come on. Stop it, Steve. Number three. <laughs> And, Bull, I'll give you a minute to go off on your okay. tangent after this. But number three is pizza. It doesn't feel like a Super Bowl snack, but Jay had pizza last year. It fit right in with all the other companies. Who doesn't it's love easy. pizza. It's, it's easy. easy. And even, and, Bull, I know you're going to disagree, but you can really mess up a lot of things. There is pizza. such thing as bad pizza, which you'll get to in one sec. But for the most part, it's a very low baseline, high floor not necessarily the highest ceiling, unless you're getting it from. Right. It's a York, crowd pleaser. Yeah, Everybody crowd. likes. I got pizza. no problem with pizza, but let me get to this. We all love Austin Love. He's a young up and comer. He's not as young as I think he is. I he's don't know. leaving the business. Which I know. Is he told me, but we'll is. save that. We'll get yeah. into that later. Yeah. Uh, but he's well, I guess he's not an up and comer anymore because he's leaving the business. Yeah, I was. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm happy for him because I think it's a good choice for where he's going. But 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 Austin, he's a great guy. We see him in the gym. Yep. He's one of the few people I ever see using the gym in there besides Jay. And, uh, and and he was on the morning show today, and he made some pizza, and the, instead of sauce, he used mustard. That's the most Whoa. disgusting thing that is completely out of pocket. Wow. He called I, it a Cleveland pie. It's I not a Cleveland pasta? pie. Nobody in Cleveland's eating pizza with mustard on it. That's disgusting. Now, what did he say, though? No, he, he made it, and, it. and some, of the, some of the, I can't Dave, remember who was on with Dave, him. Dave said it was good. I, yeah, right? I think it was Dave. Chud? Yeah. It was Chud, yeah. Yeah. He says, good. Now, Dave, you're wrong. I got to school both of them up right Have here. Have you had it? 
I, I don't like mustard, period. See, I don't either. That's why I wouldn't eat it. But for people that like mustard, who the hell But knows? it's not pizza. You can't call it pizza. No. I mean, I I mean it's mustard. I don't, know, I don't know very many foods that have a mustard base anyway, like just Ugh. regular food. Like I it's, know. It's I such know. a fringe. Think about what the sauce is to the pizza. It's it's a cornerstone. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and mustard is, is, is a condiment. It's, it's a like condiment. an additive. Out of pocket, Austin. That's completely yeah. inappropriate. Try it, but out of pocket. Number two, chicken wings. Bowl. It's a staple. Wings, never a bad time to have yeah, wings. But no the right number right one Super Bowl snack, right yeah, undisputed, do. in my opinion, can't go wrong, buffalo chicken dip. You need to have yeah. it. It hits every time. Sweet, savory, yeah. delicious. Can't be buffalo chicken dip. At a Sweet, Super Bowl savory, delicious. If, if you had to move something out for them corn dogs, what would it be? Nachos. Uh, pigs in a blanket. That was only there. Pigs in a blanket. But what would you put in Cookies. Cookies. Hmm. That's not a, I guess it is a snack. We'll see you on WKYC. Uh, Peace. I got a-